calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey everybody, welcome back to Sweet, the ladies' guide to bro culture. My name is Gina Bloom, and this is the podcast where I, a transgender stand-up comic now living in Los Angeles, California, uh, bring on some of my favorite funny people, uh, favorite funny ladies to talk about bro culture that they have never experienced. And I also bring on a designated apologist to talk about their fandom of that particular piece of culture, and a lively discussion ensues. I... I love this podcast with every ounce of my being, and I am absolutely sure this is going to be just another amazing episode. The topic of today's episode is 2017's Baby Driver, starring Ansel Elgort uh, as the titular Baby Driver. It's directed by Edgar Wright, and it's about uh, a young man who who basically drives getaway cars for an Atlanta-based organized crime crew thing uh, led by Kevin Spacey, there, uh, we also have, uh, Jamie Foxx, we have, um, that guy from Mad Men whose name is escaping me right now, well, don't worry, we'll get back to that. The movie came out in 2017, the summer of 2017, to nearly universal acclaim, uh, currently holds a 93% Rotten Tomato meter rating, and Richard uh, Roper from the Chicago Sun-Times says, Edgar Rice, Baby Driver, is one of the most entertaining thrill rides of the year, comma, this decade. Uh, Christopher Orr uh, says, of the Atlantic says, put your put in your metaphorical earbuds, turn the key in the ignition, and enjoy the cinematic highlight of the summer so far. So that's what the critics said about Baby Driver in the summer of 2017. But a funny thing happened on the way to the to the canonical cinematic experience. The backlash came. Uh, to Baby Driver, and the backlash came from publications like Bustle, from publications like the, the Mary Sue, and came from a particular group of critically underserved people. I'm specifically talking about millennial women. Millennial women uh, are not film critics that are aggregated on on Rotten Tomatoes, and they had a lot of things to say about Baby Driver that uh, didn't quite register in the mainstream press. Uh, a writer from the Mary Sue says, addressing Edgar Wright directly, Edgar, may I call you Edgar? Edgar, I have a challenge for you. I would love to see you try to write a film that's as clever and as creative and has a nuanced protagonist as your films generally have and make a woman the lead. And I think that's basically uh, what we're here to talk about today is Baby Driver, a technically very 
gifted uh, film, technically very astute film, but does it have deficiencies? Does it have a debt that it owes that didn't come through in its original evaluation? Or is it just fine? That's that's what I want to find out today. And we have an ideally cast episode. Uh, my my first time Baby Driver viewer, she is a writer for Playboy. She is a writer for Rolling Stone and publications all over the internet. Say hello to Sophia Barrett Ibaria. Hi. Hi, Sophia. And uh, the designated apologist for Baby Driver today is a stand-up comic in L.A. Say hello to Max Malecki. Hey, what's up? All right, Sophia, I am not trying to put words into your mouth. Please give me uh, your opinion, having just seen Baby Driver for the first time. Yeah, um, I had a hard time with this movie. I actually had to break it up in, like, halves. I noticed that uh, because I gave you my Hulu login that you actually watched about halfway through yes. before bailing out. And I was like, <laughs> this is going exactly like I planned. Go ahead. Yes, I did. Um uh, with everything you said about like the critical acclaim, I I wonder, like, is there like a depth that I missed uh, to the movie? So if you read the reviews, and it's typically male reviewers and the female reviewers that that uh, did review it, they tend to be they tend to be older, and I think. And I, I did not tell you guys this. I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an evil person for, for like, thematically loading the show without telling you. The reason why I put this particular show together is because I feel, and I felt this for a while. I feel that the, the sort of like think piece industry that has come up, like bustle and all of that, it's serving a community that isn't being hired by the Atlantic or the Chicago Sun Times yet. Perhaps due to age, I don't know, but like. It's weird because I saw in my own community, the comedy community, the disconnect between this women reacting to this movie versus the critics. The movie was a huge hit. Critics loved it. But the women that I knew were like, this is kind of not cool. So your opinions are valid, and it's exactly what I was expecting uh, to come of it. So go ahead. Yeah, um, I guess going off of that the the love interest um i don't know what her name is she she was it's hard to remember she's she's, Cinder she's she was cinderella deborah De deborah deborah yeah um name choices i i don't know any millennial age deborahs um that's her, a good point actually yeah her character as a whole and her dialogue was like appalling in how just like vapid it was yeah it was comical um yeah i had so many questions she's like the only employee at this diner no one's ever there don't know how this diner is still in business um baby shows up mm -hmm. he's like do you want to get out of here and she's like yeah apropos <laughs> of like almost like she knows this guy from like in like for like 10 minutes yeah and is already ready to move across the country yeah. to uproot her life yeah that she i mean <laughs> and and again max i'm not trying i'm not trying to like betray my own sensibility here because we're all welcome to speak our minds but deborah has no life to give up really she just no. she exists <laughs> she exists for baby 
So of course she'll move across the country. What is, what is she giving up? A waitress job. Yeah, that she like doesn't seem super attached to. Uh, yeah. And he shows up. I just remember the part. He shows up like at the end of her shift. She's like, "Oh, my shift's almost over," and he's just like, like posted up, like, do- like doesn't she want to get out of here? Like, you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Her shift just began. She's she's, and then he's like, "Let's get out of here." He's like, "All right, cool." Yeah. All right. We're gonna we're definitely gonna continue in this in this vein, Max. You are, and by all means, speak your mind. This is what this this is what this podcast is about. I, I put up the notice that I was doing an episode. You were like you were enthusiastic. Baby Driver is a great film. Do not do not be cowed in the submission by by anyone's opinion. Please tell us why you like the film Baby Driver. Um, yeah, you know, I definitely think I stood sort of with uh, the critics when I saw the film. Um, I thought it was really well done. The action scenes were really well directed. The soundtrack, of course, very good. I'm a classic rock, you know, uh, junkie from way back in the day, so it definitely was uh, right up my alley. I thought the acting was uh, great all around, although I definitely uh, do see a lot of the faults in the film, uh, especially that you guys have brought up, um, and that a lot of the characters, especially the female characters, are underwritten like there isn't really a whole lot to them other than the purpose they serve narratively or the purpose they serve in relation to baby but um yeah really sort of my praise of the film comes from that place of it's just very well done there's a lot of craftsmanship on display both in the way that they time all of the action sequences to the music uh the way that the actors all give very interesting energetic performances Uh, that's where i think a lot of the critical love for the film comes from yeah and and i don't disagree with you i have so in the in the episodes we've talked about in the movies we talked about on this on this podcast so far this is the first one that i saw post transition so either either i'm watching a movie that i've never seen before like the entourage movie which well that was an experience or or I'm watching a movie like Roadhouse, which I saw, you know, pre-transition, so I remember my experience of it. I picked Baby Driver for a lot of reasons, and it was, and one of the reasons was that I I saw it uh, a year into my transition, so I was already living as a lady when I saw it, and I was already sort of like becoming aware of the society, you know, from a from a feminine point of view. And it it was a strange feeling because I saw it uh, when it came out, and and I think Max, like you, my my original reaction was like, "Wow, this is cool." There's like it's a kicky soundtrack. There's some bank robberies going on, and everything's well timed. But something like stuck in my mind, and like I I I am on a journey, like we all are. I I am just I I am my my external experience has to reconcile with my with my internal experiences i i am experiencing a world that is at odds with my memories right now so i i'm 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 like i'm watching baby driver and i'm like there's something about this that is not clicking with me and i'm watching this female character deborah and i'm watching like you know um 
her interactions with baby and i'm like yeah this is bullshit this is this is not working for me everything that these two do and the whole film kind of hinges on that relationship she's she's sort of like the not very manic manic pixie dream girl of this movie and um and it was probably one of the first experiences i had where like my my visceral reaction is is so divorced from my intellectual one like I'm used to action movies, and I love action movies, and the action was really well done, and I, and I wanted to love it. And then I'm like, wow, this sucks. Like, this is, <laughs> this is not good. This woman is a, is a cardboard cutout of a woman. And, um, and it was like the first time that ever happened to me. So, like, I feel, uh, I feel like caught between the two of you right now. Like, on the one hand, I agree, Max, it's a, it's a cool film. But on the other hand, Sophia, I agree, it's not a cool film. So, <laughs> so I don't know. Um, I don't know where I, where I fall on it. I, I, I completely understand both of your pr- perspectives. But, like, I've, I've cast my lot in life. I guess I have to come down on the fact that this movie is just problematic and I is, I can't stand behind it. But we have 45 minutes of podcast to <laughs> fill, so so let's continue. Um, Sarah, um, tell us about, because when you messaged me, you, you said that you do so not bad. have a lot of bro culture experience. You were kind of like ignorant of a, of a lot of like masculine entertainment. Yeah, Um I grew up with basically just like a mom and my sister and like female relatives. Um, not a lot of like, we didn't do video games. We didn't do any kind yeah. of like, um, you know, action stuff. And that's just kind of like how my sensibilities are shaped up until this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like have any interest in action movies. Like I respect that they exist and people like them. Um, I just don't, it's not my thing. Right. Um, the only time I've watched, like, I don't know, I guess like bro classics, like, I don't know, like Taken or like Fast and the Furious or like with whatever, like, like, like a guy I was dating or like a sure, situation sure. like yeah, that, yeah, but yeah. I, I wouldn't like of my own volition, like. You didn't seek it out. Basically, no. like you didn't, you, didn't, you weren't sitting around flipping through Netflix and be like, this is what I want to watch no, tonight. Absolutely not. Okay. Um, yeah. So that was, uh, and when things get like very like, act, like explosions and cars, like I, <laughs> it's just hard for me to like stay in it. Um, but yeah, like I wasn't, I wasn't offended by this movie. It's, and it's hard to be offended by this movie because it's, it's kind of like a puppy dog. Yeah. I'm not like mad at it. I, of like offended by how inoffensive it is yeah <laughs> like like what you said about um like the girl being a manic pixie dream girl it's like that would have been a much more interesting choice <laughs> like, it, had she been manic yeah yeah like at least she'd be doing something like still problematic but like uh, but at least something. at least manic implies activity right yeah all right uh max um Tell us about your experiences in your, 
Are you an action guy? Like you're, you said you were an Edgar Wright guy. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm a huge film nerd. You know, I have a uh, a film degree in screenwriting, which I am putting to ever so much use right now. <laughs> hey, you're not the only person in this room with a film degree, so <laughs> who is also putting it to good use at this very moment, hosting a podcast. Tell us though, um, as a longtime Edgar Wright fan, um, have you? What is your opinion on his work? Edgar Wright is the director of Baby Driver. He's also the director of of the uh, the so-called Cornetto trilogy, which is uh, Shaun of the Dead. Um, other films that I'm forgetting. I'm having a, I'm having a senior moment right now. Um, uh, then he directed um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, and then. Um, Baby Driver, his most recent one, um, and maybe some others along the way. Like, did you do you count yourself as an Edgar Wright fan? Yeah, yeah. The other uh, Cornetto movies are Hot Fuzz and The World's End. By the That's way, That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's interesting. I I've always been a fan of Edgar Wright. You know, certainly as both a writer and a comedian, uh, especially in his early movies like Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. There was a lot of great, clever writing on display. Of course, the you know the visual gags, the way that he played with the frame, with the tropes mm-hmm. of action and horror movies, um, was something that I always found very entertaining and very interesting. Um, that being said, he is far from a perfect filmmaker. I think he is 100% a better director than he is a writer. Like, if you give his films, I think, any more kind of thoughts than, you know, oh, this is, you know, a fun action movie or a fun, like, deconstruction of the tropes of a genre movie, then I think you start to see his faults. His protagonists aren't very that interesting. They're very much in the mold of, you know, the every man who saves the day and gets the girl. Um, Not to put you on the spot, Max, but could you give me, uh, for the sake of discussion, could you give me a feminist read on the films of Edgar Wright? Oh, that's an interesting question. Yeah, no, I... I can only speak from my own experience, but I would say... No, I completely... I'm not trying to like direct you in any particular way but what i what i'm this is this is why i picked this film i i'm a movie person i grew up on a on the previous generation of films the tarantino films uh, highly problematic in their own ways yeah um and then i think edgar wright sort of became like the next sort of like fan you know film geek like dude after Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. So what I've had to do is I've had to, I've had, this is why I made this podcast. I had to reevaluate stuff that I, I just didn't have the capability to, to, to evaluate fully at the time because I, I was not living the experience that I was meant to live. So I, I know that you're a cis male. You are, you can only view this through the lens of your own experience, but you've, you're also an educated person. Like, yeah. What is your opinion on Edgar Wright's depiction of women in his films? I guess is what I'm asking. 
Yeah, I would say it ranges from fine to problematic. Like, I can't, off the top of my head, actually probably give you a very strong female character from an Edgar Wright movie. And there it is. Okay, so (laughs) that is exactly the response I was looking for. I cannot give you a strong female character from an Edgar Wright movie. That... There it is. Yeah, it's out there now. <laughs> As an Edgar Wright fan, you, you, you're you agreeing with the Mary Sue. You're agreeing with Sophia that the guy just has a blind spot for half the population on the planet. Yeah, yeah. Now, I am. Um, I think that I don't think he has anything against women. I don't, I don't think, think he's a misogynist. I think, yeah. I think he just, I think he's. He's like a benevolent massage. I think his, his misogyny by ignorance. <laughs> yeah, basically, it's like, well, it's probably not. I don't want to say it's not his focus, but it's something that he should be paying more attention to that he is not. And that is something that especially becomes more pronounced in movies like uh, Baby Driver and especially Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, S- Sophia. Um so I know movies aren't your thing, but but you're a writer, and you know with with some considerable credit. So like you you know the culture pretty well. So like, how does this how does this fit in with your experience? Like watching this movie, like does it confirm how you feel, even though you haven't been much of a Hollywood movie person, or do you, or is it like an eye opening experience for you? Um, I enjoy movies in general. I just but not the action stuff. Yeah. Um. It it basically confirms like why I don't uh, get into that genre. Um, yeah, like what you said about like the character being like a cardboard cutout woman. Um, yeah, and and I didn't feel like oh, in comparison, like the other like baby is so like complex like absolutely uh, not no he he's in <laughs> fact i was just i was talking i was talking to to anosh the 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 engineer here at ucb podcast studio <laughs> anosh was like dude i hated that guy so much yes <laughs> I, yes I he's horrible he's horrible his de- i'm sorry like <laughs> I'm offended by how inoffensive he is. Like, yeah, yeah. His defining characteristics are he's like uh, he's young, he likes music. Right. He has tinnitus. He has tinnitus. <laughs> Interesting. I thought uh looking at a star is born male protagonist also has tinnitus as like a like a weak I don't know. Uh-oh, Maybe uh-oh. I'm looking too far. No, 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 no. I, I, I sense a rabbit hole for me to go down. Uh, Max, did you see A Star is Born, the, the Bradley Cooper version? Oh, uh, I unfortunately have not. <laughs> Absolutely not a shock. All right, this is going to be fun. Okay, uh, Bradley Cooper's character uh, is is he's he this is this is a movie for for women and gays uh, star is born <laughs> this is basically this is basically our star wars it is not a perfect film but like and directed by you know by a cis straight man but still gay as so gay so gay uh, you know some questions about bradley cooper but you know I, for all we know a cis straight man um <laughs> but a, but a hella gay experience <laughs> Also features, you know, a, a, a mumbly dude uh, with tinnitus. 
are these movies are these movies two sides of the same coin <laughs> sophia give us give us your thoughts on that um i don't know i just saw an interesting like uh use of tinnitus there in two like big movies as like a character weakness slash like thing to spicing up it is a little it is a weird little data point and like and i don't mind if the discussion doesn't go anywhere like that's fine um (laughs) this this podcast is famous for rabbit holes that don't go anywhere and this may actually be cut out of the entire thing that's also fine but like i i hadn't thought of that i hadn't thought of like the diagonal connection via tinnitus um so going off that, let me just let me let me let me think about what that means to me. Um, so, and and Sophia, correct me if I'm wrong. Bradley Cooper maybe the least interesting thing in in the movie Star Is Born. Oh, absolutely. That's why I think I saw it as like a thing. Yeah, yeah, as a thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, so it's like it's like building a character from the outside. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I saw that as well. It's like okay, Ansel Elgort, baby, he's just a collection of quirks. He drives fast. He wears sunglasses. He wears multiple sunglasses. <laughs> he has multiple iPods, um, and he has tinnitus, which explains why he listens to music so much. Whereas Bradley Cooper is he's alcoholic. He's he's circling the drain, and that is that is basically. It's not just that they have tinnitus, that tinnitus is like the root cause yes. of all of their ills. Yes. Uh, yeah, with Bradley Cooper's character, I felt like um, with Jackson Maine, it was like, okay, guys, like he's an alcoholic, like he sucks, he's a mess. But wait, he has tinnitus. He has tinnitus. <laughs> that explains it all. Yeah. He, he can't, he cannot connect to his muse, music. Because he cannot hear very well. Yeah. And that explains his downward trajectory and why he lashes on to Lady Gaga and, uh, you know, all of it. Same with same with Baby. He, he yeah. His whole personality is built around tinnitus. Yeah. With Baby, I felt like, yeah, it was a little more like, he doesn't speak. We know nothing about him. There's nothing yeah. there. But, like, wait, he has tinnitus. <laughs> He has tinnitus. He has he has a dead mom, and he has tinnitus. Yeah. Those 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 are the things that make baby into baby. I, it's interesting that that you brought this up because like I was all ready to like eviscerate this movie for its like for its like flimsy depiction of Deborah, and like Anosh foreshadowed this for me. But my God, what a what a fucking flimsy main character baby is. <laughs> he sucks. I'm really hoping he has tinnitus becomes like shorthand for trying to make a bland character interesting. Has, but wait, he has tinnitus. This <laughs> is the cutting edge of cultural criticism. It is absolutely. <laughs> I just want to say I was there. You were there. You were there. You were there at the beginning of a new movement. Let's remove tinnitus from movies as as the defining characteristic. One more. One more makes a trend. It takes three data points to make a trend. We have two. If there's one more out there that I don't know about, then it's officially a trend. Yeah, not to make light of tinnitus. Like not to sounds, make light of tinnitus. It's sounds horrible. like it sucks, especially um, for a musician. Yes, yes, that probably is really rough. Um, but that was like one of a few things about Baby. It's like he's got a weird name. Yeah. Music tinnitus. Do we ever find out why his? Sorry. Do we ever find out why his name is Baby? 
Uh, yeah, ahead. it's a code name. His real name is Miles. All the names for the heist crew are code names. So like Baby, Doc, Buddy, those are all code names. They explain, yeah. Yeah, in in like, in like the, and I'm sure like your interests have thoroughly waned by this point. It, in in Deborah's final voiceover, she does mention the fact that she was surprised to learn his yes. name was Miles. I remember yes. that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's. It's kind of that. All right, so we're going to play our, our first clip. Uh, it is the trailer to um, Baby Driver. And Deborah, um, I just called you Deborah. <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely cutting that out. Fuck. All right, Sophia. Sophia, when you... I am so sorry I called you it's that okay. cardboard. Her name was on my tongue. I am so upset by myself right now. Um Sophia, when you watch this clip, give me your get, watch it with the lens of like, okay, you hadn't seen the movie. Um, think about what it's imparting to you, and if if it's giving you a contra, if it's giving you a contraindication of of what you're watching, or if it's actually foreshadowing the experience that you had with the movie. Uh, and Max. Um, just enjoy. It's a cool trailer. I, I'm not going to complain about it's a fun trailer. Uh, it's a uh, this movie. All right. So <laughs> here comes the trailer uh, to Baby Driver. So you're just starting your day or did you just get off? They call it go, you know. So what is it you do? I'm a driver. Oh, like a chauffeur. Anyone I'd know? I hope not. What is your name? Baby. Your name's Baby. B-A-B-Y, Baby. It's one who say listen to the music all the time. Is he uh, mental? Mental meaning slow. Was he slow? No. He had an accident when he was a kid. Still has a hum in the drum. Plays music to drown it out. And that's what makes him the best. Whoa, 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 whoa. One more job and I'm done. One more job and we're straight. Now, I don't think I need to give you the speech about what happens when you say no, how I could break your legs and kill everyone you love. Because you already know that, don't you? Yeah. The moment you catch feelings, the moment you catch a bullet. And your uh, waitress girlfriend, she's cute. Let's keep it that way. I want us to head west and never stop. You in? I'm in, baby. One of these days, baby. Time to face the music. Baby, we need to get out of here. I have to end this. Are we in bed together now? Baby. 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 Doc said Michael Myers. This is Mike Myers. It should be the Halloween mask. This is a Halloween mask. No, the killer dude from Halloween. Oh, you mean Jason. No. Baby, you tell me who does. She's a good girl. You love her? Yes, I do. That's too bad. Baby. 
Okay, we just watched the uh, trailer to Baby Driver. Uh, Sophia, reframing that question to you, does that does that confirm uh, what you found out when you watched the movie, or does that give you a different impression? One hundred percent. It's like it's the movie. It's the movie. Yeah, it is. It it's it is what it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, like you watch this thing, you you don't get any impression that that um, that neither of the leads are going to be like intensely um, deep people. No. Um, if anything, I felt like they made uh, they suggested like a more complex internal struggle than was actually there. Yeah, I don't know. Max, when you saw that that trailer uh, before the movie came out, uh, what what were your thoughts on it, and have they evolved any um, since since then? Um, you know, when I first saw, I was like, "Oh, that looks really fun!" Like, uh, I love heist movies, so obviously I was there. And then the soundtrack looked cool. It had a lot of the humor that you would expect from Edgar Wright. Right. So yeah, I was certainly on board. You know, um, since then, I think it's still a good movie, but it definitely uh, it is not as like hype as it was originally. <laughs> Is that reaction uh, based on a rewatch, or is that reaction based on the two of us shitting on it for the past thirty-five minutes? Uh, it actually is based on a um, on a rewatch uh, that I did recently with my uh, with my buddy, mm-hmm. and we were both like, "Man, like the chase scenes are still really good," but yeah, I'm not sure if it holds up as well on a rewatch. Um, you know, as some of his other films do. Like, Shaun of the Dead, I think, is endlessly rewatchable. That is a very well-crafted movie. Do you think... Uh, this goes for this goes for both of you. Do you think that the reason why this movie takes place in Atlanta, Georgia, is because of the Georgia tax credits and they got a good deal? Or so she could have a southern accent? <laughs> what, what do we think? What, what, why... Was there any this? I I think this movie's really shallow. And I think it's one of the two things. I think that I think somehow that 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 dictated it. Did he just want a southern accent, or did he get a, a good deal on on the the film's budget? What do you think, Sophia? That was a question I wanted to ask. Like, is that his accent? Because I I say tax credit one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's a, that's. I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence. I I think. Knowing knowing film people, having worked as in the film business prior uh, to this life I have now, it could break either way, because the tax credits are a big deal, and like they will. That's why that's why The Walking Dead takes place in Georgia because they have tax credits there. Um, that's why a lot of things take place where they are. But also, I think Edgar Wright just likes southern accents. I think he finds <laughs> women with southern accents to be hot, and I think he wanted to put that in his film. What do you think, Max? Um, you know, when I uh, first watched it, I was in my mind like, oh, 100% they're in Atlanta for the tax credits. There is no other reason to set this movie in Atlanta. And then um, I, I think I've rewatched it about twice since then. And the more I think about it, the more I think a case can be made for setting it there for story reasons. 
there's a lot there about uh, Baby's mom being a country singer. They try to tie in like the music scene in Atlanta with all the southern accents too and everything. But, you know, it's really, I think, hard to say. I think only Edgar Wright could tell you whether that was there and then they got the tax credit or if they got the tax credit and they were like, oh, let's quickly change all of the Los Angeles locations to Atlanta (laughs) and write some stuff about country music. So I think, yeah, a little from column A, a little from column B. Like, I think both are true. (laughs) I'm a Southerner um, by upbringing there's not much southern about this movie and i and again i i do not demand authenticity out of out of my action films uh the fast and the furious franchise takes place in like you know in like the hispanic part of la it is not an accurate reflection of that part of the country whatsoever I watch i've seen all 8 of those movies and i will watch hobbs and shaw when it comes out <laughs> Opening weekend, absolutely. It's it looks gay as hell, and I am there for that. <laughs> but um, that kind of bugged me. The thing, like, fake Southern bugs me because as a Southerner, like I, it, it's so easy to get right if you just pay attention. Um, but it's so often not right. I think the only thing that um, comes across as true Southern is when that rando in the truck starts firing back. <laughs> <laughs> That that is southern culture. That is southern culture right there. That is the app. And then he, then he just straight up vigilantes the entire scene. Like drives over the meat. That that is southern. That's the only southern thing in that film. That's what I feel. All right. Um, we're gonna play another clip. Um, and I want to get to another subject besides the woodenness of those characters. And it's one that I'm surprised hasn't come up yet, and we're gonna we're gonna force it now. Uh, <laughs> here comes the scene. Is he slow? Um, there's, there, there's a there's a lot to unpack in here. Uh, but here comes the, the is he slow scene uh, from Baby Driver coming up. Doc, I mean, is he uh, retarded? Retarded means slow. Was he slow? No. And you don't sound the retarded to me. He's a good kid and devil behind the wheel. What the hell else more do you need to know? So you don't think that there's something wrong with him? He's not saying anything. There's nothing wrong with a little quiet. You know why they call him baby, right? Still waiting on his first words. So you're a mute baby? Is that what it is? Are you a mute? No. <laughs> so, um, what are you listening to? Uh, music. That's right. You tell him, baby. <laughs> shh, shh, shh. It's okay. For God's sakes, Griff, leave the kid alone. You can't just be in crime, right? Not without being a little criminal. I just want to find out what's going on between those ears. Aside, of course, from uh, Egyptian reggae. What's it matter to you? Just think that he thinks that he's better than us. He wants to sit there in his car, keep his white shirt clean while the rest of us, we roll in the dirt. One of these days, baby, you're gonna get blood on your hands. And you're gonna find out that that shit don't wash off in the fucking sink. 
Relax. The kid did his job, all right? I ever say that the kid wasn't great at his job? Nah. I think he's a star. Would I vouch for him if he wasn't? Okay, we just watched the Is He Slow scene um, from Baby Driver. We we had previously mentioned that. Uh, Sophia, off top, give, give me your reaction to that particular scene. Um, I mean, in general, I really... Uh, I think it's very distasteful to throw around, like, ableist language. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Absolutely. Um, I don't know why that particular section needed to be there all right max uh your opinion on on that particular scene yeah it's one of those scenes where um i see what they were trying to do like i think a lot of the humor is on point like with baby just putting on the sunglasses over and over again that's great that's a great way to add some personality to him and I see where they're trying to deliver kind of the exposition where it's like, oh, baby doesn't talk much, and the rest of the gang is kind of suspicious of a guy who doesn't talk much. And they also need to set up that he has tinnitus and listens to music all the time, so they're like, oh, why don't we have... Um, I'm blanking on the actor's name right now. He was the Punisher. I'm going to kick myself and I remember this later. Oh, jo- uh, John Bernthal. John Bernthal, yeah. So they have John Bernthal kind of interrogate him, And I could see why they had him say, oh, you know, are you a little slow? You know, because a rough and tumble character like that would say like that. He wouldn't spare anyone's feelings. But I could see, yeah, why some people would have a problem with that. Yeah, no, and I agree with both of you. Uh, This is a complicated scene. Really, once you unpack anything, it it becomes complicated. Yeah. Want to discuss the continuity um, from Goodfellas to Baby Driver, a- as I see it. All right, so Goodfellas comes out. Um, I don't know if you're. I don't know if you've seen this movie or I've not. not it's it. fine. It's fine. Famous mobster movie. Martin yeah. Scorsese directed it. Um, pretty much unimpeachable uh, critical credits, but like uh, also has a huge problem with women um, as pretty much any sort of like male auteur like that usually that's usually a blind spot but you watch Goodfellas they talk a lot worse in that movie and they say a lot worse things in that movie than they say in in Baby Driver and um, but you're not offended by it at least I'm not offended by it in the sense that these are terrible people and they get their comeuppance uh, they either die or go to prison or are ruined or, or somehow otherwise. And it's a story about real people. This is like it's a, it's a, a true story. It's a based on a true story anyway of actual mobsters. Okay. So then you got five years later, Pulp Fiction comes out. And he takes the idioms of Goodfellas and removes the factual basis of it. He creates a purely fictional story. Talks even worse. Then they say a lot worse things in that movie than you could pretty much get away with now. And then Baby Driver comes out, and I can see I can see the echo of Pulp Fiction, which is the echo of Goodfellas. Goodfellas presented dumb people being dumb in a way that was authentic, and then Pulp Fiction presents dumb people being dumb in a way that is like we're being rebellious. And we're we're reveling in our in our shittiness a little bit. 
Whereas baby driver's like, I'd like to do that too, but it's 2017 and I cannot fling the N-word around. So what's the next, what's the, what's the, what's the alternative that I can reach for in 2017? And I think that's what they did there. I think they're like, we cannot fling around racism. What can we do to be edgy? And I think they landed on ableism. That's that's my personal feeling on it. I think that they wanted that Tarantino vibe, which in turn wanted that Scorsese vibe. And they're just, they're like copies of copies. I do want to note uh, the minor miracle of going through an entire hour-long podcast about a movie that features prominently Kevin Spacey and none of us talk about the immense problems of watching Kevin Spacey. This movie was the movie that came out right before uh, the information about him came out. Like this okay. movie was in theaters uh, when when he got Me Too'd. So I think this was his last role as as a Hollywood star. After that, like they remo- removed him from that that one movie um, about the Getty kidnappings and. He's been reduced to making creepy YouTube videos uh, ever since. Uh, I don't really have anything to say about that. We, we've discussed a lot of Me Too people on this show. Um, I just remember uh, I, br- I bring that up because, like I said, the backlash to Baby Driver came about a month or so after it came out. The you know, millennial women like, like Sophia were like, hey, wait a minute, this movie's actually kind of shitty uh, to us. And then... I think Kevin Spacey got hard me too'd for for really very appropriate reasons. The guy's a creep. Please do please never bring him back. Um, so the movie became like a relic really fast, like within months it became like hot, and then it became like an artifact within months. Which I I it's just astounding to me that that we live in that world now. All right, Sophia, tell everyone in the audience uh, where they can find you on social media and otherwise. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at bitch underscore coin. Love that. And um, yeah, find me there. Thanks. Uh, Sophia, uh, like she said, writes for Rolling Stone, writes for Playboy. And... Um, I'm going to disclose a potential conflict of interest because she uh, has written so far the only review of this podcast, and it was a very positive one for AV Club, and it is for that reason you will always be my best friend. Oh my god, thank you. Likewise, this is not a paid sponsorship. Absolutely this is fully not. of my own volition. It was a pleasure. Thank you. I was expecting after that, because that was our first episode, I was expecting like, oh my god. I've tapped the zeitgeist. <laughs> Positive review in AV Club first you have. episode. <laughs> Thus far, the only press I've gotten. So the zeitgeist. If if you've been tapped zeitgeist, you're not. You you haven't told me yet. Um, Max, uh, where can everyone find you on social media and otherwise? Uh, you can find me on all the major platforms at Max Malecki. Uh, I'm sure my correct spelling of my last name will be in the description. I also run a monthly comedy show in Echo Park. It's called Further Comedy. You can find that on social media at Further Comedy, Further with a U. Wonderful. Uh, And as always, uh, I am Gina Bloom. You can find me on all social media at Gina Bloom, J-E-E-N-A B-L-O-O-M. And right here on Sweet, the Ladies Guide to Bro Culture on the More Banana Network. Um, Yeah, so Baby Driver, um, 
I usually end with a clever line of dialogue, but in in honor of of Edgar Wright's complete lack of attention paid to the female lead, there's no clever dialogue to quote here. Thank you, everybody. Have a good day.